Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 48th dose, and it's called Opposites and Similarities Attract. This is the second part of this Love and Relationships series. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I'm fascinated by the intersection between our physical human experience and the magical realm, the spiritual realm, are the things that we can't necessarily see and touch. I believe those two realms are completely connected, and so I talk about those connections on this podcast, and I'm making this particular episode because I have had a lot of love and relationships in my life, and I feel uh, honored by those and a little bit sore in places still, and I think that it might be useful to somebody if I talk about them a little bit more. Uh, (laughs) It might even just be useful for me, but I also hope that in listening you hear maybe some similarities that are helpful to you and maybe some insights, maybe just a feeling of not being alone and hopefully something that's helpful in either a relationship that you are currently in or have been in as you process it or one you'll be in in the future. So I'm, and this is part two. So if you haven't listened to last week's dose number 47 called bananas uh i think it would probably make slightly more sense if you listen to that one first but if you don't (laughs) that's okay uh that one in that one i give a little bit of kind of the overview of my the biography of my intimate relationships and i also read a poem and you'll just start to get kind of a feel for my take on intimate relationships my take right now at least and in this episode, I want to talk about attraction and the simultaneous truths I've noticed that both opposites attract and similarities attract. You may have heard the phrase, oh, opposites attract in terms of intimate relationships. And I don't think that's wrong. And I want to talk about why. And also, you may have heard this idea of kind of like resonant frequencies or um, being attracted to people who are on the same page, for example. And I also think that's not wrong. And I want to talk about why. And I might share some anecdotes mixed in here. So settle in or maybe go for a walk, whatever feels good. Okay, so let's start with opposites attract. I've come to believe that one of the things we are often looking for in... Now, I'm going to talk about this mostly in the context of intimate, like romantic relationships, but I think this applies... Lots of what I say is going to apply across the spectrum of relationships, but often our most intimate physical relationships or like partnership relationships um, are 
kind of like the most intense experience of some of these phenomena. So I've come to believe that often what we are looking for in someone else is the completion of something that we desire and are lacking. So this is, if you think of like the phrase, my other half, which I don't like, but I think there's something to it in that we are often looking to complete the picture of our own psyches or experience through being connected with somebody else. And so in this sense, opposites attract because something that we don't currently possess within ourselves, or at least not in its full expression, we look for in somebody else and are, are attracted to. So for example, last week I mentioned that I was in a, a long-term relationship with a man I will call Thomas. And so when I met Thomas, I was living in a, like, sort of a, a smaller, t- like a, a small situation, <laughs> let's call that. Um, I had like a, a very small community that I was a part of. It was a small island where I had been living. And I was feeling this need to kind of like expand my world. And Thomas represented to me a big, a big life, a big world. He traveled internationally. He had more money. He lived on the mainland, like somewhere bigger than the island where I lived. And so we were opposites in that regard. I was this kind of, you know, earthy, hippie country gal who was used to living rustically. And he lived in nice houses in a fancy town and had much more kind of like city and international experience. So we were attracted to the qualities in the other person that were our opposite. He was drawn to my earthiness, to how I could physically fix things and how I didn't seem to go along with a certain element of society. He was attracted to my ability to live, you know, with less amenities. And I was attracted to his bigness. And so it, one of the things that's helped me so much is to realize that what I'm attracted to in the other person is a reflection of something that I want in my life and that I want to I want that those qualities around me and one of the hardest things about the ending of a relationship is it can feel like we lose part of ourselves and we lose something really important and really precious and what it feels like I'm trying to do is take it's like take back or discover that the elements that I, for example, the elements I was attracted to in Thomas are still possible for me to embody now. Another example is that I considered him to be very entrepreneurial. And 
in the con- in within our the time of our relationship we we like we both labeled him as more adventurous and more entrepreneurial than me and i noticed that in the years since there's this rearranging where i'm realizing hey wait a second i was attracted to that quality of taking of exploring even like exploring business opportunities exploring different ways of making money like initiating a proposal of like of a business deal i was attracted to his ability to do those things and and i didn't think i had them but in realizing that i was attracted to them it means that like that's like the 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 step before having the quality myself it means i'm drawn to it i've been around it i've been close to it and i've realized that actually that's now a part of me like i i consider myself entrepreneurial now now i don't do it the same way that he did i do it in a way that feels more in integrity to who i am and it's like i've a, i've amalgamated that quality that was once only in his department and realize that it's also a part of me. And I guess I hope that he's done the same. One of the things we can maybe gift each other with in relationship is the opportunity to see other ways of being and then hopefully learn learn from each other some of the best ways of the best qualities. Another part of this opposites attract phenomena is one, you got to laugh at it sometimes because it can make for some really awkward combinations. And generally in this society, to some extent, we choose the people that we're with. And so if you are choosing to be with somebody, there's this humor potential in how awkward of a combinations we sometimes come up with in order to maybe teach ourselves something or maybe out of winter cold desperation or maybe just out of horny circumstance or maybe just because the universe has a sense of humor. But you can get some strange combinations of people who have very different uh, opinions, histories, tastes, and some of these are totally workable and best handled with humor. That, like, I, I dated somebody off and on for a few years, and we lived together off and on, who really liked rap music. And I had never in my life listened to rap music before. And I don't think he had ever listened to country music. And I have an episode quite a ways back about the the transcendental potentials in country music. That's a side one. Uh, Anyways, so like, it was kind of humorous. And yet it also expanded me. I got to 
I got to appreciate some of rap. I ended up going to a rap concert in Vancouver by myself because he couldn't make it because he was on the other side of the country, which was quite sad. And I don't know if he ever learned to appreciate country music, but some of the the differences can be just kind of humorous and expansive. And and we also found music that we both loved that we would put on with at that point we were living off-grid and only had this small little battery pack that would power like one speaker and one light bulb and so we found a, a bit of music that we would listen to on that one speaker the other part of this opposites attract is that it can end up driving us crazy like it can get so frustrating and so annoying and I've noticed that it seems that often the some of what is initially most attractive and most yeah like like drawing especially if if i if i am able to kind of slightly analyze underneath the layer of like chemical craziness that can happen uh the attraction Strangely, the very things that end up attracting us to somebody, sorry, the very things that at first attract us to somebody can end up being what is most challenging in the relationship. Uh, So for example, that same trait of bigness, traits of bigness and entrepreneurialness that were attractive in Thomas to me became like we're we're a continual source of challenge and tension for us that I I wanted him to slow down I wanted him to be more comfortable staying at home oh let me see if I can turn that fan off just a second okay sorry if there's background noise I can't figure out how to turn the fan off in my studio right now um so it was a continual source of tension for us and it's like I I wanted him to prioritize more about our relationship compared to his endeavors and it, there's this tension this difficult beautiful grinding tension of being with somebody else like somebody who's not you while so the the difference is both immensely attractive and very challenging in my experience. Now there's a middle piece I want to put in here about the mirroring effect that can happen in close intimate relationships. I'm going to slow down here and see if I can articulate this. So as this field, this relationship, this connection, this sort of back and forth is created between two people, often what the other person is expressing is something that we also hold. This might be hard to see at first, but when you see it, there's so many layers and potentials in it. 
sometimes, especially if somebody's in like a defensive mode, if I'm like protecting myself, often, like even down to like the, the exact words sometimes that one person is saying about the other person are precisely applicable to themselves or to myself. It's, it's like if you could take a, a conversation, especially if there's some sort of tension or, or like a spark, not necessarily tension in a bad way, but if there's some sort of like, if it's a jazzed conversation, if it's like feels thick and juicy and like it's really got substance to it, like it's really, really thick. <laughs> or um, My hand's doing this like, you know, like if it's not hollow, if the conversation is full of the relationship, if it's really representative, if you were to take a script of it, and you've got the two people saying their different parts, and then you were to just flip who's saying what, I believe that often that's also true. So often what's playing out between the two people is like two sides of a, of a situation or of a dynamic. And if you can see that this is happening and realize that almost like detach yourself from the role you happen to be in, and you might have chosen that particular role in this script because of your gender, because of your history, because of like the point you happen to be stuck on. Like one person can be the one, def- for example, like defending the connection, being like, yes, yes, this is good. We should stay together. And the other person can be advocating for why it's time to take a break. And if you were to write out that script and then flip who's saying what, probably it's also true like like if you're in close connection both of like everything is is everything is there between both of you so if you flip it and and say the other parts you're probably still saying something that's true let me see if i can give another example like if if one person, a small example, if one person's like really bothered by uh, the other person being late, if you, if you flip it, it may be that what's actually going on is that being late means to them being irresponsible. And if they flip it, they're actually disappointed with themselves for being irresponsible. So one of the sneakiest trickiest things in a close relationship for me has been basically identifying whose shit is what (laughs) I think that's it it's like whose shit is this and sometimes it's everybody's sometimes it's like in the connection and I only get to sort out my own shit and I wish that the other person sorts out their shit and it's hard to tell whose shit is whose sometimes when it's just a shitstorm. But flipping the script, flipping and and like having the same thing you've, I've just said, seeing whether it applies back to me is hard to do and can lead to some interesting insights. And also getting an outside perspective is the 
best way I've discovered to short sort through whose shit is whose. <laughs> like, ask somebody who's not in the shitstorm. This is like, I did not figure this out for ages. I, I went through a lot of relationships with only asking people, well, either not asking people much at all for their perspective, or only asking people who knew like as much or less than me about the circumstances like as in had 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 less wisdom and experience and after now two years of regularly seeing a therapist I it feels like such an important practice to have somebody wiser than me to consult with that it's not just about fixing a problem it's just a it's like a health practice for my own psyche and way of being in the world so I feel really strongly about that now that the best way to sort through whose shit is whose is to ask somebody who's wiser than you to help you yeah my hand's been over my heart this entire time because Though this stuff might come out like even a little bit clear and logical now, it is, it has been a mess often for me. And yeah, relationships have brought me some of the most amazing experiences of my life and some of the deepest challenges. And I think I'm going to keep learning about this probably for the rest of my life. I want to talk about the second part, which is that similarities attract. So I also believe that the people we choose to be closest to are a reflection sometimes of how we see ourselves, of what we believe we're, we're worthy of, and and that there's there's an amount of similarity like you can get some strange combinations of musical tastes but you can't be completely in different worldviews and continue to connect so there's an amount of compatibility and of same pageness that needs to be present for an intimate relationship to really work and I wonder about this idea that the success of an intimate relationship is measured in its length. I think that's very prevalent in our society, that we consider long-lasting relationships to be the most successful ones, and ones that end in a breakup or a divorce were a failure. And I question that. I think there's a lot of other ways to measure success, if we even want to put that word on it, than length. Like, what about depth? What about learning? What about beauty? What about adventure? What about connection? I have had some profound, short relationships that I am immensely grateful for. 
end that wouldn't have been better to last for longer. And I wish that we had more space for that in our culture. I wish that I wish that that was more talked about. So I guess that's why I'm saying it. There's such a thing as a really beautiful, really short connection, romantically or otherwise. And there's such a thing as the ending being a gift, being the best thing. I think this ties to our cultural idea that death is always the thing to be avoided at all costs. And we ask different questions as a result. We think about how to prolong life at all costs. And we see death as like the enemy to conquer. And I think we carry over a similar mentality to relationships where we think the ending is the thing to be avoided at all costs. And does that sometimes get in the way of considering like the quality of the relationship while it lasts and and the timing and the seasons for things maybe there's a time to be together and a time to be apart and also that that being single would be of like something to be avoided and I think we need to question that. So similarities attract in that even kind of energetically in this this way that's almost like, well, actually, I think there is something to sort of like an animalistic scent-based attraction where we sniff out through pheromones, which actually is not really sniffing, it's another sense, who is compatible with us. And maybe it's biological, like who we could bear children with, or maybe it's still creative, like who, who we are attracted to for what needs to be made in the world, for what wants to be born. That's maybe not a baby. Maybe it's a dream. Ooh, (laughs) that hits on a tender place in my heart. Just saying that. Oh, um, Yeah, sometimes I think we are drawn to somebody because they are a match for something that wants to be born. A dream, a creation, an idea, an experience. And so it's also interesting to consider what what is the similarity that's drawing the two of you together? What What is the common ground? What are you uniting over? And... Sometimes it's circumstantial, like maybe you're just both working at a summer camp and just having fun is the thing that's that's in common. And then maybe when the summer is through, there's not enough common ground to keep it going. And maybe that's totally fine and beautiful and absolutely not a failure. And this ties back to the middle piece of the reflection that the person we're with is similar to us in lots of ways. And 
if we can feel that similarity, feel the things we want that are in common, feel our common desires, there's a sort of window into the human experience that I think we can touch through those connections. So opposites attract and maybe a source of great learning, humor, and challenge. The people we are closest to are often a reflection of something in ourselves. And if we flip the script and say the, the things that we might say to the other person, consider whether they apply to us in both directions. If the other person can do that as well, there can be some juicy insights both in the challenging side and the delightful side that maybe what the thing that you love most about the other person is also something that you have and can love about yourself and getting an outside perspective is the best way I've found to help figure out whose shit is whose and lastly similarities attract so the people that we are closest to are resonant in some way with us if there wasn't a certain amount of commonality we wouldn't enjoy or or be or be able to be with them so identifying what that is and whether you like the common ground some people can be united over trauma or the same struggle or the same dysfunction or the same need and potentially as we grow up think what we what we want to be united over changes and as we become more comfortable and whole within ourselves the way we relate to other people and the relationships that are attractive change and that sentence has a lot of learning in it for me that hopefully eventually I can articulate a little bit more I'm gonna leave it at that for now Thank you for listening, and I love hearing your your comments about these episodes and uh, questions that may come up for future ones. I do have bookmarked in my mind to do an episode about what I've learned through having often open relationships. Uh, some of you have asked about that since I mentioned it, so that one is coming. Uh, if you have any particular questions about that topic, please shoot them my direction. Uh, That would be fun to respond to some particular questions. And you can get in touch on Instagram at Magic for Realists or through the website magicforrealists.ca. Yeah, Uh, you're also welcome to leave me a voice note either through the Anchor app or on Instagram through my DMs. Uh, I love hearing your voice just knowing who else is listening, especially since this is a voiced format. That's really fun to me. Both of those cut you off after a minute. So just leave a short hello. And if you have more to say, we'll figure out another way to connect. Uh, And if you want to, if this has been like useful to you in a way that you would like to monetarily clap and cheer for, then Patreon is a way to do that. I have a Patreon account. Uh, You can put some money in there. If you'd like, uh, just look up magic for realists on Patreon. Okay. I think that's it. 
and by no means is that it for the things to say about love and relationships but I hope this has given you a little bit to chew on and I hope that you discover some magic in the real world this week bye for now